guys, welcome back to Mike Jiggers with Dan and Emily. What's up, guys? This week we're back and we're going to be talking about the Dark Knight. <laughs> Are you? No, I don't want to ever be Batman. <laughs> you sound like Batman with laryngitis. <laughs> Possibly. Which isn't much worse than Christian Bale Batman. True. With COVID going on and all the movie delays, there's not a whole lot of summer blockbusters this summer. So we thought we would just talk about one from yesteryear. <laughs> yesteryear how the fuck old are you dan too old yeah but no like i can't believe this movie is 12 years old that is hard to believe because honestly it was a very well-made movie and probably to me the last well-made dc movie but i also haven't yeah. seen a lot of the newest like i haven't seen birds of prey or um whatever i, I don't follow dc so right it seems weird that Heath ledger's been gone that long mm. I love Heath Ledger. Yeah. But before we get into talking about The Dark Knight, do you want to just catch up on our weeks? Yeah. Okay. Eh, I haven't really done much. My brother was supposed to come home from Florida, but because of COVID, they decided that instead of killing our family, that they were going to stay home because, I mean, in the last few days alone, Florida spiked over 10,000 cases and they think that to be the safest and on the best side they were going to stay home which was very hard for both of my parents but we managed and we'll see them eventually and i think later on this week i'm gonna get with my mom we're gonna video chat with them that makes sense i mean it's kind of unpredictable times right now it seemed like we were coming out of it now things are spiking again just you just gotta be careful if people would actually take precautions but that's something for another time that too but no, other than that, I mean, I started watching Vikings, which is a history channel show. It's on Hulu, too. Highly recommend it. But nothing else. Just staying inside because Illinois is hot as fucking balls. Yes. So, fuck the sun. I haven't really done a whole lot. I finally got one of my lightsabers. He brought it with him, too. Is it not cool? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. The thing's heavy, too. But, yeah, I'm glad that the gyms are finally open. It kind of concerns me that not a whole lot of people are wearing masks in the gym, especially since you tend to puff and puff when you're working out, but I'm doing my best. I got a little cloth mask. I wear one on the treadmill, and I'm using that time to try to get into the Clone Wars animated series. Oh, yeah. I, I remember when that came out, and I watched a little bit of it, but I never got heavily into it. This is probably the third or fourth time I've tried to start it. I'm getting a little bit further in. I understand it gets better eventually, so I'll just stick it out. It's I something I can kill time with on the uh, treadmill. I think you should totally watch Lego Ninjago. No. 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 For real, though. Like, it is actually really good. Maybe someday. Do it. <laughs> we'll see. No, do it. The other day, I spent way too much time, I mean hours, watching a YouTube channel of a real lawyer reacting to legal cases in movies. <laughs> and then like four hours later i stopped i'm like man i i gotta get a life i'm way too interested in boring shit <laughs> like how many other people care about the legal principles on display in ghostbusters 2 <laughs> i mean if you honestly think about it it is interesting to think about because there's all this destruction and explosions and building loss and movies and i mean they brush it off as like, oh, it's nothing. We just, just the heroes doing hero shit. And it's just like, no, they have to rebuild their fucking house. Yeah. The whole reason I got started watching that channel was because I found a video of this guy reacting to the Dark Knight. Mm -hmm. And he was counting up the different things that both the Joker and Batman could be charged with over the course of the movie. And then using that to calculate the maximum sentences that they could be facing. And he figured out that the Joker could face up to 12,000 years in prison. <laughs> but Batman could be facing up to 60 million. <laughs> That's where it just, it gets kind of hairy. Like, is the hero really a hero? It, it was pretty entertaining because the entire time this guy's just like, come on, Batman. <laughs> How much destruction are you going to cause? But yeah, other than that, not a lot going on in my life. No, it's been, everything in our town has finally 
started opening back up. A lot of, there's a few places that are still running their business, but still through closed doors. But most businesses here have opened, which it's kind of opened up our sleepy little town. But people here are doing pretty well about taking. Yeah. Eh, no, you're right. Absolutely not. But it's still. I mean, when I'm out, I don't see still as many people as I used to. But I mean, it's concerning how many people are not only not wearing masks, but are adamant that they will never wear a mask. Like, okay, it's such a simple thing. I mean, I wear one eight hours a day, and then I go to the gym and wear one on the treadmill. Like, my favorite videos that I've seen are the people with the CO two monitor. Yeah, and it's like, oh look, still no change. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not. I'm sorry that this minor inconvenience to help protect other people is harming you. I'm at this point where I'm not that afraid I'm going to get it. I was at one point, but I don't see the point in taking unnecessary risks. Oh, yeah. I mean... I wear every business that I go in, so... And I had a friend the other day wanted me to go see a movie, which was just Deadpool they're reshowing since there's nothing new. Mm-hmm. Even then, I was just like, I'd like to hang out, but... I'm not going to do it in a crowd like that. It's just but I mean, how not many, worth it. How many people are actually in our theater? True, but it's kind of the point of why knowingly go out into a crowd. Yeah, I guess. Also, I don't want to sit and wear a mask the whole time I'm watching a movie. Yeah, because what about eating popcorn? Yeah. Speaking of popcorn, I have a message from today's sponsor. Mm. What? <laughs> you sound disappointed already. I haven't even said anything. <laughs> So today's episode is brought to you by Breach Baby from the producers of Boss what? Baby. <laughs> I got one sentence in and I broke you. Shall I continue? Yep. <laughs> Breach Baby, starring Jason Statham, in theaters August 12th. Captain Breach McCabe was the city's most decorated member of SWAT. Always the first one in and the last one out. All that came to an end when he was betrayed and murdered by one of his own. But now he's been reincarnated as a baby and hilarity ensues. I fucking can't. (laughs) I'm literally crying. Laugh along as the breech baby has to regain the trust of his team and use all his skills to bring his killer to justice. He may have a dirty diaper, but the real stench is the smell of government corruption. And breech baby is going to crawl his way through a river of blood to get his revenge. It's fun for all ages. God. This film is rated NC-17 for intense graphic violence. Why is it called breech baby? Because his name's breech, but also when you're a SWAT team and you break through the door, you're breaching. He's a SWAT baby. That's not what went through my head first, because when you're breached, it means that you never flipped. Yeah, that, that's kind of the pun. <laughs> anyway, uh, no. Anyway, Breach Baby starring Jason Statham in theaters October 3rd. <laughs> you're so disappointed in me. Absolutely. By the way, Dan never runs these by me before he does them, so it's pure shock when I hear them. 100% just... I don't know how to react to that, except just utter disappointment. Well, that's just the start. Oh, God. We got later ads in the show. Oh, God. But now that we've got that word from our sponsor out of the way, why don't we start talking about the Dark Knight? Do we also need to tell these people that they're fake sponsors, too, just so they know? I don't know. I feel like if you think Breach Baby is an actual animated film starring Jason Statham as a baby wading through rivers of blood to get revenge. So, babies wading through things of blood. There's been viral videos of people, like, babies can float. And there's viral videos of, like, teaching, like, I guess you could say water, like, getting babies comfortable to water when they're young. So, like, if something traumatic happens when they're a little bit older, they have the feeling of, like, you know, being under i guess Mm -hmm. and so as a water safety like it's an actual course you can take with your child and they toss the baby in the water and they jump in after and like lift it back up and like they're floating and kicking like babies are buoyant and all i can think about is a um baby jason statham floating in rivers of blood just like kicking and flailing i can see that and we just found the title of this episode babies are buoyant I'm good at this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've made a lot of these um, titles. Yeah, but 
uh, yeah, let's go into our discussion on the Dark Knight. So I talked to you beforehand of I kind of want to get a little deeper into this because it would be really easy with this movie to just spend an hour praising Heath Ledger's performance. It's probably my favorite comic book movie performance. He's just mesmerizing in this role, but I feel like that's been talked about so much already anywhere where the Dark Knight has come up in discussion. So I thought we would try to look at it from like a social relevance point of view. Okay. So one quick, easy discussion we could have about this movie is just the boat dilemma at the end of the movie. For anybody that doesn't remember, the Joker plants bombs on a ferry full of regular civilians and a ferry full of prisoners. Gives them each a detonator and says, hey, blow up the other boat before this time or I'm going to blow you both up. And it's like this whole moral dilemma where both sides spend forever trying to come to a decision on what they're going to do. You're in that position. What do you do? It's hard because you also have to think about like, yeah, they're prisoners, but that's also human life. And I mean... But if nobody gets blown up, you all get blown up. I don't know. I'm not a martyr. Is that what it is? Yeah. I would probably blow up prisoners. I don't even think it comes down to having to justify that they're prisoners. It could be another boat of civilians. I'm pushing that button. Yeah, it's survival of the fittest in a weird way. All of us can die or half of us can live. Knowing the Joker and like he's already pulled some switcheroos in this movie, chances are if they did detonate it, they'd be blowing up their own boat. Yeah. Still half the people live. In theory. In theory. There's the possibility that it was going to blow up everybody. (laughs) But you got to take that chance. I, yeah, that's one of the things that annoys me about that part of the movie is they just spend way too long hemming and hawing about it. And then there's one guy who's painted as a dick because he's just like, well, they're prisoners. They had their chance to be good people. He's not wrong. <laughs> well, he's kind of a dick. I mean, he doesn't even have to paint it in that light. Mm-hmm. You just have to be like, well, let's survive. Yeah. We might have a hard time living with it after the fact, but let's survive. In that situation, like I said, survival of the fittest, you want yourself saved over X, Y, and Z. Yeah. When this movie came out, it was considered pretty socially relevant because it had a whole war on terror and surveillance state thing going for it. Mm-hmm. I think it's still fairly relevant, but in different ways. I mean, those are still issues we have, but now we're having this national discussion about corruption in police departments. And so much of this movie is about how corrupt the entire city government of Gotham is. (laughs) I have issues with both, like, Harvey Dent, Commissioner Gordon, and Lucius Fox. I have real issues with them in this movie. Because at multiple points, they all try to come off as the good people and criticize people for making moral compromises. But every single one of them makes moral compromises. Yeah, they do. I mean... Gordon's in the position where he's chief, so it's like, well, I'm going to do this for myself, and... I give Gordon some credit, because at the start of the movie, he's not commissioner. He's just detective or something like that. And Dent criticizes him for working with cops that Dent investigated when he was in internal affairs. And Gordon's just like, if I didn't work with people you investigated, I'd be working alone. And he has, he had a great quote. It was, uh, I don't get political points for being an idealist. I just got to make do with what I got. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Recently, there's been a lot of talk about if you have one bad cop and a thousand good cops, well, then you have a thousand one bad cops. The only way Gordon can get anything done is by working with bad cops. I guess I could say it on both sides, because if you know that they are doing wrong, then something needs to be done about it. But if you were going to nitpick every single bad thing that a person has done, then that leaves you with nothing. Like, how are you supposed to get... You can't be the only cop in a city, especially with as big of Gotham as supposed to be. Yeah. You have to try and still find that they are somewhat 
a reputable, or not reputable, like a working cop that's still going to try and help you because it's never going to be. There probably are straight good cops, but the majority of the time they're prob- there's going to be some downfall to each of them and you can't just keep picking and picking at it. Yeah, I find they're working with Batman so problematic. I mean, we see in this movie, the cops are supposedly trying to track down Batman, but at the same time, he just walks his way into a crime scene on multiple occasions, and the other cops are just like, uh, we'll just leave you alone with Gordon for a minute. He holds, like, a strange power. Like, I don't know if it's, like, his eerie presence is just like, yeah, I don't really want to fuck with him. And then there's, like, yeah, we're totally going to capture you, and then they don't. Yeah. I don't know if it's, I don't know, because, I mean, it would be kind of fucking creepy if a guy dressed in a black tight suit came over and was talking in a weird voice. Yeah. Publicly, they're supposed to be arresting him, and then he just shows up like, okay. That's why I think it's like, he's intimidating, so it's like, yeah, we really don't want to mess with this. But I also wonder if it's just like, we don't really want to know who's underneath there. Yeah. Like, we do and we don't. There's a lot of winking and nodding going on in this movie between him, Gordon, and Dent. Yeah. Which really bothers me. Especially when Gordon lets Batman beat a prisoner in the whole, like, interrogation room. And then he takes it too far and starts beating him too much. And Gordon's like, oh, I gotta stop this. <laughs> what the fuck did you think was gonna happen? Speaking of beating people, um, the scene where the Joker makes that pencil disappear. Yes. That's probably one of my favorite parts in the whole entire movie. Is just like, you see this It's pencil? a great moment. It's kind of lost its charm because I've seen it so many times, but I remember the first time I saw that laughing at how darkly funny it is. <laughs> but yeah, just the cops in this movie, like you see them, at one point they deny medical treatment to a guy in the holding cell who's complaining about his chest hurting, which ends up being a bomb. Yeah. At the end, when they're going into a hostage situation, those SWAT members are very quick to just shoot on sight and almost kill innocent people. There's another cop at one point that is left in charge of watching the Joker while Gordon and Batman go to rescue Rachel and Dent. And he goes to try to beat the Joker, ends up being his hostage, and the Joker gets away because of him. That cop is back on duty the very next day. Yeah, if that would have happened, it's like, you let him go. Like, you either need to be, like, on death duty or let go. Well, he got away because you were going to engage in police brutality. Man, this... This police force really does not have their shit together. No, absolutely not. It's so bad at one point. Gordon and Dent argue about where they're going to hold a prisoner because neither the county jail or the precinct holding cells are safe. Not because of the prisoners in them, but because they're afraid of a cop that's owned by the mob is going to kill them. (laughs) But yeah, other people making compromises. Fox creates this great surveillance sonar system on phones, gives Bruce Wayne the prototype, and then is outraged that Bruce Wayne takes it further and develops it into a functioning surveillance for the entire city. What did he expect? Because, I mean, of all the things that Bruce Wayne is, he's a fucking genius. Like, he's an incredibly smart person, so obviously he's going to try and be like, okay, well, I have this. How can I make it better? And well, he did. I'm confused what he thought Bruce Wayne was going to do with that. Okay, I've used this one time. I'll just forget it exists. Yeah. And then he ends up working with Bruce anyway, even though he's pissed off and he finds it unethical. That, that again, goes back to my point of, like, these people criticizing people for making moral compromises, but then they just give in. Nobody has a backbone. Also, that's a really weird line to draw for Fox, because the first time he gives Bruce the technology, it's so he can kidnap a guy who may be laundering money for the mob. (laughs) Maybe. And create an international incident to bring him back to the United States. But then he finds it unethical to use that equipment to track down a terrorist that has killed numerous people throughout the city already and is threatening to kill more. I don't know. I just find that a shaky argument for Lucius to be making. It's just a weird line to draw. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You want to kidnap a maybe criminal? Okay. You can't be stopping no terrorists, though. <laughs> uh, the logic in movies like this is just superb. 
how do you feel about that surveillance? I mean, it's obviously illegal as fuck, but I'm kind of an ends justifies the means kind of guy. Like, sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do, I guess. Okay, let's take Batman out of the equation. It's the government. But, I mean, you of all people should know how I feel about the government. It, it's creepy. It kind of is really, really fucking creepy. It is creepy. Because, I mean, they're using that to, I mean, literally despite to find somebody and hacking and it's terrifying. My view on it is I'm okay with it if I don't know about it. If there's a situation where they have to do something like this to catch somebody like the Joker, as long as I don't know you did it, I'm fine. If you're stupid enough to get caught, I'm still glad you did it. Yeah. But you broke the law and you have to face those consequences. Yeah, that is a good point. Because, I mean, most of the time it, that technology is used to find bad, bad people. But sometimes it does overlap into, like, you know, spying into personal people's lives. This is an argument people have been having at least since 2001 and the World Trade Center. But even before that, for me... Safety comes first, then you can worry about the privacy rights. Mm-hmm. Again, I think if you get caught, you should get punished, but... If you are going to get caught for something, why are you doing it in the first place? If you know that it's illegal, then why are you doing it? But no, in a way, I do kind of agree with you that, yes, safety first. Like It is dealing with like really extremely violent evil people then i mean yeah you have a point but i mean how many normal lives is it going to actually affect i mean there's always a possibility it could be used to take out political opposition and stuff like that but yeah um but yeah along those same lines of not getting caught i have a huge issue with the bat signal in this movie when it's public policy that the cops are trying to hunt down batman and they're advertising every night in the nighttime sky, hey, we're working with Batman. A lawyer would have a field day with that. Technically, evidence that Batman gave the cops, according to like videos I've watched on legal principles and stuff, the cops could use as an anonymous tip. But if they're actively working with Batman, that's no different than the cops going and saying, well, we can't get a warrant. We'll just hire a private detective and have him break into somebody's house. Yeah. Legally, Batman's word would never stand up in a legit court of law because, I mean, one, they're not, he's not, you know. He's not going to appear in court and you have to be able to face your accuser. That too, but like, he's not an official officer of the law, so any evidence that he does actually pick up is, one, contaminated, and two, inadmissible. It would never stand up in in a legit court of law because he illegally obtained it. Any evidence from any any kind of Batman scenario. That brings me to another point. Bruce Wayne is kind of an asshole in this movie. Yeah. Like, and part of it is just the way he treats himself as better than... That is one of the biggest reasons I don't like Batman, because he's a dick. When he goes into a crime scene, at one point he tells the cops to leave the room before they contaminate it. Excuse me. I'm just like, okay, at what point when you were going to ninja school, Bruce Wayne, like, <laughs> did they cover evidence handling and recovery? He's not the most qualified person to be performing that job. Maybe if he wasn't such a dick, he wouldn't have gotten his back broken. <laughs> and I don't... <laughs> Honestly, I haven't seen that, that Batman movie, so I don't know exactly why he got his back broken, except that he was fighting Bane. But in this context, maybe you shouldn't have gotten your back broken for being a dick. Well, that's another point I have about him is he claims he has no physical limits or at the very least he can't afford to know them. You need to know your physical limits. He's human. Like, he is a legit human being unlike Superman is an alien. Mm -hmm. That's completely fucking different. You are a literal human being. You've got the, the physicality and the strength that you have is absolutely impossible. Yeah, and... I mean, I'm not saying, like, knowing all of the martial arts and every like technique that he knows isn't impossible but the physical strength that he has and everything else that he can do is impossible yeah to an extent i guess to an extent i mean money is his superpower true but yeah he treats himself as better than the other vigilantes that show up and part of it is they're not as well equipped like he he flat out tells them the difference is i'm not wearing hockey pads and granted he also did go to ninja school 
It sounds so lame when we talk about it. Like, you're calling it ninja school. Well, that's what it was. <laughs> he went to the mountains and learned how to be a ninja. It's not, it's also not, like, you said that he's got money as a superpower. So, like, no, it is not fair that he has been able to use money to buy all these gadgets and shit. Here's my point is he thinks he's better because he has all this training and equipment. He could hire these people, provide them with better training, and equip them with less lethal means of stopping crime than the shotguns that they're running around with. Yeah, just because he has all of this stuff doesn't make him an actually doesn't make him an actual good person. No, he's God. He's such an asshole in this movie. I mean, I love Batman, but his, if you look at it from like a real world perspective, he's such a dick. His intentions, I guess you can say, quote unquote, are there in a sense, but. He doesn't go about it in the right way. And then he lets his emotions get the best of him. And also, like, he presents himself as if he's making the sacrifice of giving up this time in his life to right the wrongs of the city, and then eventually the city won't need him anymore, and he can stop being Batman. You would think that dead parents would humble you a little bit. But, like, I don't feel like he actually believes in justice. Mm-hmm. Because the future that he's setting himself up for isn't one where, okay, the city doesn't need me anymore. I'll turn myself in and I'll atone for what I've done. No, his idea of the future is, well, Harvey Dent's here. The city's not going to need me that much longer. I can retire and be with Rachel, who just happens to be dating Harvey Dent. And I'm going to fuck with that relationship. That's another thing is, what kind of piece of shit does that? Well, weren't they a thing before and then they broke up and then she got with Kind of, sort of. It's almost like if I can't have you, nobody can. He just seems to be in this denial about what's happening. Like, they obviously have a connection, but she's clearly happy with Harvey. He runs into her at a restaurant and just sits in on their date. And then, like, a week later, he ruins their next date to go to the ballet. What a piece of shit. And then, literally, Batman is the reason why Rachel is dead. And the fact that Harvey is mutilated. He's, he is literally the reason that that has happened. So, way to fuck that up. That date where they, Bruce and his prima ballerina date, meet up with Rachel and Harvey. I love that scene. Because, like, it's a nice discussion of, like, Batman's place in society. Although it bothers me that Harvey justifies it as almost a political protest against the corruption in the city. What also bothers me is Bruce seems to have a very attractive, intelligent date who can talk about like history and Caesar and ethics, and we never see her again. He's just using her, he throws her to the wayside, and oh, I'm back on Rachel. Why would you throw that away? I mean, Rachel, yes, is also a very intelligent person, but like, why not go for that? Like, if she is also intelligent, like, there you go. They could have solved a lot of problems in this movie. Yeah. That scene, the whole either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. One, it's obviously foreshadowing to what happens to Dent. I feel like there's a little bit of truth in that statement. Not in a like, literal, like you become a villain and you start killing people. Mm-hmm. But you're so tired of being good that it, I mean, it could mentally wear on you. But like society or the world just beats you down. Yeah. You go from idealist to, well, I'm going to make some compromises and to realist. Yeah. I don't even just mean that. Like the popular conception of morality changes over time. We've talked about recently, like how frustrated I've been with, like, it just seems like the goalposts keep moving. Mm -hmm. Like what's decent? The whole Black Lives Matter movement. I'm not going to criticize the movement itself. It's a valid point. People shouldn't be killing people just because they're black. But the way I was raised and grew up, it was try to be colorblind. You don't treat people of any race any different than your own race. We're all the same. And you don't discriminate. It was that simple. And now it's like, that isn't enough. The younger generation, for better or worse, there's kind of an activist leaning to the generation undermine where it's, okay, that's great that you're not hurting people, but what are you doing to help them? Which that's noble. It just it feels like, oh, okay, so the standards shifted on me. And, you know, older generations, they, they had their own standards. Generations before that, I mean, right now we're dealing with historical figures that are problematic now because of things they did that were acceptable in their lifetime. So I, 
I don't know, I just think that that whole statement of either die a hero or you live long enough to become a villain, like morality just changes with the times. And if you don't change with it, then you end up being on the wrong side of history. I mean, I don't have anything to say. It'd just be reiterating what you said, so. Okay. I mean, the points that you've made are very valid. And, I mean, we're not that far apart in age, but in a sense, we did grow up in two different generations. Mm. Technically, we're in the same generation, just on opposite ends. And yeah. yeah. It's very frustrating for me to be like, well, I'm just trying to treat people nice, and other people are just, what are you doing to help them? Oh, okay. Yeah. I was just trying to live my own life, but okay. Yeah, that's just a weird little tangent I guess I went on. What about vigilantes? Just the idea of vigilantes, they just, it bothers me because it's... Sometimes being the hero isn't the right answer. There are other ways to go about it. Like, I can understand to an extent, like, if some if something is happening that's bad and it's not, nothing is getting done to do it, you have to, one, you have to respect law, but also at the same time, like, if the law isn't doing what they're supposed to be doing, something needs to happen. But then you also end up with people interpreting the, the law. law yeah it's it's such a back and forth state i guess you could say because to an extent it's so hard to discuss because i do think people should i don't think people should be vigilantes but i do think that there should be something done like like i said if the law isn't working then maybe in the right ways try and help get it you know, push forward, be like, hey, this really needs attention, or like, why is nothing getting done about this? But don't, don't be the asshole person, you're, and make it worse. Yeah, like, I think that's where, like, there's room for activism rather than just being a vigilante, because, mm -hmm. I mean, you could assume people are trying to do right by being vigilantes, but that doesn't mean they are doing right. Because if they actually physically go do the vigilante stuff, then... What happens if somebody gets hurt or you get hurt? What happens when some yokels decide to chase down some black guy running through their neighborhood? And it turns out they did nothing wrong. Yeah, and then he ends up dead. Or you end up with like the whole George Zimmerman thing of starting altercations. Like, just, if you got an issue, call the cops. Yeah, but you're right. Like, activism to a point and keeping it as peaceful as possible, but don't... Don't step, because the whole legal thing is if, like I said, if something were to happen to a person or to yourself, then people are going to be like, okay, well, what about the justice for this person that got injured or died because of doing this? It's like, well, they shouldn't have been doing that in the first place. I don't know. It gets, it, it's such a tangled mess. And I love superheroes so much, but the idea of a real world superhero terrifies me. Yeah. Batman would be bad enough, but. Something like Superman who can fly across the world in seconds and he's just like a god that nobody can take down. Mm -hmm. He's free to just impose whatever laws he decides on any given day, whether they're actually written laws or not. That just terrifies me. Yeah, me too. Which I think is one of the reasons I love Amazon's The Boys. There's a nice Superman analog in that. Was there anything else that stood out to you? Not really. I've seen this movie so many times that... It's a movie to me now, and I mean, like I said, my favorite part is the, want to see this pencil disappear? Yeah. And just the mind of the Joker is so vastly crazy and wild, but the, I mean, again, we're talking about Heath Ledger here. I think we, Heath Ledger probably did one of the best jobs portraying the Joker in this style of movie, because it showed how just crazy he actually was, rather than just being, you know, Jack Nicholson's was kind of like goofy and terrifying, but like Heath Ledger's was terrifying. Yeah, he's very methodical and it makes you wonder what his deal is because he, he has such a wide skill set. It's an amazing character and it's so sad that he's gone because that, to mm. me, that. I would want to see what other roles that he would have been offered and like the way that I would have changed movies if he was still alive. You can't take your eyes off him when he's on screen in this movie, and it's, to me, just such a gift to fans of the character. Is that all you had to say on The Dark Knight? Ba I don't like Batman. <laughs> I don't, I mean, 
I don't, I'm not a huge DC fan. And, but like, this is probably one of the best Batman movies. But like, I also really liked Batman Forever, whichever one has the penguin in it. Oh, Batman Returns. Yeah, Batman Returns. I liked that. Tim Burton, of course. Oh, of course. (laughs) But like, I'm not a huge fan of Batman, but like, this was, this was a good movie. And I mean, I don't have good or bad to say about it. I mean, it was a very well put together movie. And like I said, it was probably the last really good DC movie. Yeah. I mean, I love Batman, but if I'm looking at it critically, he's, he's an asshole. Oh, for sure. So since we're still talking about movies and whatnot, Dan, what is this other sponsor you have for us? Okay. What we're about to do is we're going to do one of my favorite things. One of the most fun things we do on the podcast is try to come up with our own movie. In this case, our own summer blockbuster since there's a lack of real summer blockbusters this year. But first, I want to tell our listeners about another way they can have fun. War Games Toys is proud to present their new toy line based on the upcoming hit family film, Breach Baby. You're shaking your head. I'm already disappointed. This isn't your usual baby doll. The limited edition life-size Breach Baby comes ready for action. Press the button on his back and Breach Baby does his signature roundhouse kick. Because you can always count on Breach Baby to come at you feet first. And check out his color-changing skin. With a little splash of water, it turns red to recreate that familiar blood-drenched look from the film's finale. And villains better watch out for Breach Baby's iconic ballistic diaper. Shrapnel refills sold separately. And we're proud to introduce the War Games line of roleplay toys. Your kids will enjoy arming up like Breach Baby. These toys are based on the real weapons of war used by police departments around the country. We know cops shouldn't be the only ones having fun playing soldier. All purchase subject to a full federal background check unless purchased at a gun show. And don't forget to see Breach Baby starring Jason Statham in theaters January 8th. You're so disappointed. And don't even have words. Nothing. You can always count on Breach Baby to come at you feet first. <laughs> Why not? He likes to kick. He's a martial artist. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> the funny thing is, I originally wrote that as throat punch, and then I'm like, well... It's a breach, baby. It should be a kick. I'm not having it. No? You're not buying those toys for your kids? No. You don't want your kids to play soldier like the cops? No, absolutely not. I wish we had video. Just to see the just pure shock and disappointment on my face. Okay. So, why don't we go into our little game of trying to come up with a summer blockbuster. So, there's different types of summer blockbusters. You know, there's alien invasion, superhero movies, two-hour-long toy commercials. <laughs> Do you think we should make a movie about our Moon Man? Ah, it's, I feel like that's more of a Halloween movie. I don't know. I mean, Summer Blockbuster. Prequel. <laughs> when we first came up Rise with- Rise of Moonwalker. Yes. Because when I thought about this, when we first decided that we were going to do a Summer Blockbuster, Moonwalker was the first thing that came in my head. And then I was like, what if we just ripped off uh, Jay- uh, Friday the 13th where, like, you know, he died at a summer camp and now he's back? Yeah. <laughs> but If you want to go back and listen to that episode, it is episode nine, Bride of Moonwalker. I still can't get over how good that was. That was so fun. Okay, so we got an action movie. I don't think we ever established that guy's actual name. <laughs> so he's just our nameless astronaut. In an action movie, I guess with him being an astronaut, an alien invasion movie makes the most sense. Okay, yeah. Um, wow. Where do we start here? Um, so what if he was, you know, just a typical family man? Okay. He's an astronaut, so he makes buku money. Okay. And, you know, rich man, family man, has two beautiful children and a smoking hot wife. But then, like... I don't know, some kind of tragedy strikes and everybody dies. Okay, um, I'm picturing Chris Pine. Of course you are. That's your ultimate man crush. I, I have a hetero man crush on Chris Pine. What can I say? But like, what if it's just like, what if he survives? Like, Well, he has to survive because yeah, I mean, he's in Moonwalker. Well, I mean, is Jason really alive? I think he's a hermit in our original, but... Anyways, okay, so he survives. What's this accident? Is it like aliens launching small meteorites at the earth it just wipes out his family that could be a good possibility it's just an orbital bombardment they intercept a transmission okay that there is an on there was there's going to be an attack on the earth and 
do we want it set into like the NASA area? Like, should we do like Texas or Florida or? Sure, let's go with Florida. Because what else could fucking go wrong in Florida? It has to be kind of like we have to keep a lid on it. Otherwise, we have to explain why nobody in the previous movie that's a sequel to this ever talked about, hey, you guys remember that time aliens invaded the Earth? <laughs> so it's the secret mission. And he's got nothing to live for, so he's the right man for the job. So what do they do? They send him up into space to fight the aliens. I mean, I, to me, that'd be the only way, unless the aliens came to the Earth. Okay, what if we have enough warning ahead of time that the aliens are coming, so our president has us build a wall? Continue. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> but but Just, they but they only do three miles of the wall. And it's never. three miles. <laughs> Of a, like, three-meter-tall wall. And it never gets finished. It's just floating alongside the International <laughs> Space Station. And they give them a space gun, and they're just like, you hold this wall. Under no circumstances do you let anybody come over it. <laughs> he has to have some kind of ragtag crew. So, like, space shuttle mission, uh, Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, but, like, it's not Elon Musk. We gotta change his name. What if we make it Elon Musk, but, like, it's sexy Elon Musk? Like... Can it be the weird fucking name that it named its child? <laughs> it's Elon Musk's child with the symbols for a name or something. <laughs> Played by Ryan Gosling, I guess. <laughs> I don't even like Ryan Gosling, but we'll go with that. It's okay, because what if he dies? I'd be okay with Ryan Gosling dying. If he could take Jared Leto with him, I'm fine with that even more. Jared Leto turned into such a big old d-bag he's a villain he betrays the earth he tries to sell out the earth to the aliens and he does some kind of crazy method acting in the process and like is constantly betraying all of his co-stars for no reason but you know he but instead of like he doesn't know what's actually happening because he spent three months in the desert meditating jared little or his character <laughs> i mean i know in real life he did that but but what if his character did that, too? Because he is his character. What if he doesn't know he's in a movie? <laughs> Jared Leto playing Jared Leto, selling out the Earth to aliens. We convince him the aliens are invading the Earth. He has a contact. Somebody's recruiting him, trying to turn him into a double agent. He doesn't know they're just another actor. I have no idea what the plot of this movie is, other than we have a wall in space that Chris Pine and Ryan Gosling are trying to defend, even though anybody can go around it. I mean, and Jared Leto's there, just trying to betray us all. Is there supposed to be a point to this movie? All we care about is selling millions. <laughs> God, I can't even pull myself together to form it. I really hope so the mics picked up that squall. Oh, my God. This is such a ridiculous movie already. There's that's no a, plot. That's fine. What if they're like, it's a buddy cop movie in space? So we have plans to make this wall bigger. But it hasn't gotten any bigger. But Jared Leto has the plans to the fully built wall, which is still only three meters tall, but it goes all the way around the Earth. And he uh, he sells them to the aliens to gain galactic knowledge because I feel like that's some bullshit that he would do. Is like I I'm so cool that I know everything. I feel like that'd just be something he would it, do. They promise to elevate him to a higher state. But he has to deliver it to Jupiter first. So it's a wild chase. You know what they say? Boys go to Jupiter again, we're stupider. <laughs> Don't know that one. <gasps> what? What? What's that from? It's just some like rhyme thing that kids say in like elementary school. Okay. So they have a wild space shuttle chase through their solar system at like breakneck speed and have to take some wide turns they lose a few hubcaps making these turns and we just i don't know they're shooting at each other honestly the i feel like we've like, they roll down the windows on the space shuttle and they're shooting at each other did this just turn into fast and furious <laughs> yes <laughs> fast and furious space race yeah starring jason statham as a baby <laughs> it could be it's a sequel Oh my god, this is like eight movies in one now. Rise of Moonwalker is a sequel to Breach Baby. They knock out the windshield to the space shuttle. <sighs> Vacuum seals them out? No. They oh. hit the brakes real hard and launch Breach Baby feet first at the other space shuttle. Oh. And he kicks his way through. Yes. And 
Um, so Breach Baby ends up helping save the day because in smashing through the window feet first, he kicks Jared Leto in the face. Or we're chasing Jared Leto, right? Yeah. <laughs> he literally Jared Leto playing Jared Leto. <laughs> he kicks Jared Leto in the face and steals his. I feel like he would have like some kind of like stupid jump drive with all the plans on it. Yeah, around his neck. In the symbol of the 30 seconds to Mars. There's puka shells next to it. <laughs> it's on a string made of hemp. Yeah. Uh, okay. So he steals that and then like he, Breach Baby flips and launches <laughs> off of Jared Leto's face back to the other space <laughs> shuttle. Is he no longer Breach Baby if he flipped? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> See, I'm just still picturing after we launch Breach Baby at the shuttle, it's not the force of his like kick that gets through. He's just outside the space shuttle with his tiny little baby feet, just like Liu Kang bicycle kicking it. But like, it's Jason Statham in baby form, so obviously he's hella strong. So, yes. So, launches back out of the space shuttle from Jared Leto's face, and he's like, I'm supposed to be this almighty being, and he's crying because he's not so powerful because the aliens lied to him just to get try and get the uh, plans. And they have a fist fight. The baby and Jared Leto? No. Oh. Because <laughs> the baby would win. Somehow he knocks out Breach Baby. So we gotta bring this back to Moonwalker. Okay. Which we've never given him a real name, but we'll just keep going with Moonwalker. The astronaut played by Chris Pine. They get into a fist fight on top of the space shuttle with no spacesuits. Because it makes no sense. Jared Leto and Chris Pine. Okay. And they're just slugging it out. Puffing and puffing. Like, just no realism at all about no recognition that there's vacuum in space. Just nothing. It's just they're climbing around on top of the space shuttle. And then... Out of nowhere, like this giant, like star destroyers type alien vessel shows up. <laughs> they got the, Jared Leto's signal. I was gonna say, what the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah, they they bring him in and take everybody except Jared Leto prisoner. Do they just leave Jared Leto floating in space? No, he's their guy. Um, oh. I was just gonna. I was thinking like, oh well, we used you to get the plan, so like, eh, here you go. What if they actually do elevate him to a higher level of existence? But it's more than he bargained for. And he just... He just explodes to a million pieces of stardust. Yeah. <laughs> and then that that's his final form of achievement, is that he becomes the stars. But then they take Breach Baby, and they put him in, like, a fake womb that artificially ages him, because they want to turn him into a super soldier. Okay, but... So then it turns into just Jason Statham. I got it. So then, then they take Moonwalker and they do some alien shit to him. You know, probes and whatnot. Major twist here. He ends up back on Earth and it's a fucking dream. <laughs> That's such a cheap twist. He wakes up. His wife and kids are still dead. <laughs> They're dead. <laughs> What what if he's just been in a fugue state the entire movie after he killed his wife and kids? <gasps> Ooh, that's good. Except it turns out it's still the same actress and like kids playing the part, but then when you like see family photos on the wall, he's not in them. It's not even his family. <laughs> he's just crazy and thought they were his family, and then he murdered them. I like where this is going. This is so... <laughs> This is so bad in an amazing way. Of course. And then <laughs> Breach Baby shows up on the crime scene. Breach Baby is his baby. Plot twist, Breach wait, Baby wait. is his baby. No, what about if it, it's not Breach Baby, but the dad of the family is Breach McCabe before he became Breach Baby and Moonwalker <laughs> escapes and goes into hiding as a hermit in the woods and that sets up the next, that sets up Bride of Moonwalker. But it also sets up Breach Baby. I think we just made a fucking masterpiece. The Breach Baby Cinematic Universe. Or the Moonwalker. It's probably the Moonwalker Cinematic Universe. This ended up a lot more amazing than I was expecting it to be. I, I wouldn't go that far. Shut up, it is. It's ridiculous and I love it, but I wouldn't call it amazing. Okay, yeah, that that is the Rise of Moonwalker. 
guys, help our us. Our summer blockbuster. Help us make our dreams come true. Uh, I gotta be honest, I'd rather see Breach Baby than Rise of Moonwalker. But can we all agree that Bride of Moonwalker is the real showstopper here? Yes. I'm also a big fan of Grift of the Magi. <laughs> okay. It's time to start wrapping up the show. All right. You got some Urban Dictionary for us? Oh, I've got Batman-inspired Urban Dictionary. I love it. So, Urban Dictionary, definition number two for Batman. <laughs> because the first one just says, Bruce Wayne, now you fucking know who it is. <laughs> 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 well, it says, Batman. <laughs> An act during sex where the male shines a flashlight in the air while the female is confused, the male says, to the bat cave and rams into her ass. Oh my god. Hee 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 hee. Okay. Is that in the quote? Is it to the bat cave? <laughs> no, that was just me. That wouldn't be creepy at all. <laughs> okay. So the second one that I've got is called Batmanning. Do you want to take a guess at this one? I got no clue. This is terrible. <laughs> I'm terrible at guessing the Urban Dictionary. The act of taking someone out to the movies and then walking through an alley and shooting them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's pretty dark. <laughs> that's just what anybody wants to hear in the bedroom. <laughs> Under any circumstances, I would challenge you to come up with any appropriate situation to make that sound in the bedroom. <laughs> Is that all you got? Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's going to be all for this episode. Don't forget to check out Breach Baby starring Jason Statham in theaters April 7th, 2023. If you like the show, please subscribe and give us a rating or review wherever you find your podcasts. And be sure to check us out on our website at mikejiggers.com or our Facebook page at Mike Jiggers Podcast, where you guys can let us know what movies you want us to watch and review and let us know if there's any games you guys want us to play or tell us how much you like our new fucking movie. Yeah. Or tell us how we could possibly make Rise of Moonwalker any worse. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia.